Good evening and welcome to Plan Lehigh Valley, the WDIY program produced with our partners at the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission. Tonight, we're going to take a look into our local development numbers. While the rest of the country may be slowing down a bit, the number of Lehigh Valley housing and industrial proposals remains brisk. So let's welcome back our co-hosts, Becky Bradley, the Executive Director of the Lehigh Valley Planning Commission, and Matt Assad, the Commission's Managing Editor. Welcome, Becky and Matt. Oh, good evening. Good evening. Tonight, we also welcome our special guest, the LVPC Regional Planner, Joey Dota. Mr. Dota is a Lehigh graduate with a bachelor's degree in political science and journalism and a master's in public policy. At the LVPC, he's focusing on development reviews, municipal ordinances, and a region-wide equity analysis. Most recently, he's worked on analyzing the Lehigh Valley's fast-moving industrial development landscape. Welcome, Joey Dota. Great to be here. Matt, let's get started. How would you characterize development in the first half of 2023? Uh, For us, it's been still pretty busy. You know, the Federal Reserve Bank increases in interest rate. They definitely cooled things on the housing sales side of things, you know, but that slowing really hasn't quite reached uh, the building side of things in the first half of the year for us. Uh, Some of that's because the Lehigh Valley remains in a deep housing shortage. So developers are still trying to fill the demand that, you know, and they're doing it with a far more diverse mix of housing, you know, but because we're in such a deep housing shortage, it's going to take years to catch up. So they're going to continue to fill that demand. So I don't think the, you know, the building will, or at least the proposals will stop. We remain in a hot corridor for industrial development and freight movement. And, you know, that's been evident in the first half of the year as well. Uh And we're also seeing a lot of municipalities changing their ordinances and their maps. So they're sort of responding to the growth spurt that we have been on, uh, you know, but you'll hear a lot more about all of that stuff in the next 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And to Matt, to your point about like, hey, we're still seeing a high number of proposals to kind of put it into context. Uh, I hang out with the other county planning directors around the state from time to time. And, and uh, you know, a lot of us fairly frequently and other parts of the state have really seen a stronger cooling off. I do think that because interest rates are high, um, it's going to continue to pose challenges for home buyers, certainly. But I think we are also going to see that start to create more of a significant challenge in the commercial real estate sector, especially with the short-term financing for construction loans, which I understand at this point, it can be up to, to 10% to build those developments and, and then it turns into long-term financing when people buy that. So the cost of money is up. But I think to Matt's point, which is a really good one, that this still is a high growth area. So we don't think that development is gonna fall off, but I definitely would uh, say that it's getting a little squishier, um, squishy like a dish sponge, I, I would say, but not a flattened uh, like uh, um, the road runner. Got it. Becky, coming out of the pandemic, we uh, were running into some uh, problems getting supplies for builders. Is that over? I mean, can people access the things that they need to build? Yeah. um, In prep for this show, I have actually talked to a couple of construction managers from construction management companies in, in the area. They said, like, look, 
There's still some oddities here and there with like HVAC equipment in particular, um, some cabling in some cases and other things. But by and large, most of the supply chain issues on the manufacturing side have been resolved. There's still some issues with transportation. But again, there's also some kind of outlier things that could actually literally hold up an occupancy permit for, for four months in, in some cases. So there are some, but they're not as bad as they are, is, is basically what, what I was told. So every time we uh, do a program, we always seem to circle back to warehousing and logistics, always seem to pop up, uh, especially when we're talking about the Lehigh Valley. How was the development in the first six months of the year when it comes to warehousing and logistics? We had 5.1 million square feet of warehouse and logistics proposed in the first six months of the year. A total, we had 6.5 million square feet of all non-residential. So that included like 436,000 square feet of other industrial. That's not just warehouse and logistics. Uh, other industrial are things like it could be quarrying activities. Um, it could be manufacturing only facilities, that sort of thing. But we also had like over 750,000 square feet of commercial. Um, basically, that was two large self-storage facilities, one in Allentown and uh, one in uh, Lower Nazareth Township. And then we had 354,000 square feet of public quasi-public development proposed. And that included a new athletic building at Lehigh and a student center at Lafayette College. So that shows continued investment by our academic institutions. And you'll hear there's some additional proposals since the end of the first half of the year, too, that you'll hear about later in the year as well. But we did have a small amount of retail, even 64,000 square feet of office, um, and then 27,000 square feet in transportation-related uh, development proposals. So we did have an incredibly active first half of, of the year. I didn't actually predict it to be as high as it was. I thought because of the interest rates, we would see a cooling off sooner, um, but we we really didn't in the first six months of the year. Joey, what does your analysis show about how this market compares to neighboring markets? I would say specifically for the industrial markets, my analysis really focused on the growth and how Lehigh Valley remains a hot market. So... One of the biggest um, data points that I brought up was the Lehigh Valley has a $10.50 average lease rate per square foot. And how that compares to like our neighbors is it's 60% more than Carbon County and nearly 20% more than our uh, more immediate neighbors in Berks County. And kind of taking like more of a zoomed out view of that is more indicative of bigger industrial markets. So we're kind of following trends of both Philly and New Jersey, kind of the major shipping ports. So Lehigh Valley continues to remain hot. It's a growing market and probably expect to see it to come. Can One you, of the things, Joey, that you pointed out that I thought was really important too, is we're in like the top tier market in the US now. We're one of the top 15, I believe, was I think that's what you had, had figured out. We're in the top 15 market. So we're literally up there with the port of, Los Angeles, in uh, other play at Houston, Atlanta. There's some comparative analysis that Joey did in that regard. 
whether we want to be or not, that is what the private sector has dictated, along with our local governments in their regulation of land, which allow these facilities uh, to be built and to operate. It's really just uh, market pricing, supply and demand, right? It is. You know, it's interesting, though, when we go out into communities, um, the temperature of these dialogues has um, increased to to boiling in, in some cases. Even when we're out, because part of our role as county planning is to assist our local governments in developing strategies that balance their global needs across the community and how that relates to the county, each county, and then the region. And so there's a series of legal plans, comprehensive plans, that not only the counties have through Future LV, the regional plan, uh, but that each local government has. Some are multi-municipal, some are individual municipal plans. And that really outlines what you want the future of your community to be. And then that's benchmarked against your zoning codes or what you can and can't do on a property. And then your development regulations. So then how that can occur on that property when something's proposed to be developed or subdivided. All of those things are interrelated, and and we as county planners under the Pennsylvania Municipalities Planning Code, which is a state law governing planning for all aspects of planning in in the Commonwealth, is very clear that county planning agencies are supposed to support local governments in basically community management and providing guidance related to various land use topics. So when we go out into the communities, which we do frequently, we're really finding, um, even when we're called in to talk about like, hey, we've had a lot of proposals of this type, usually industrial, what can we do about it? Because that's not exactly what we meant when we zoned our community this way. And we're seeing, you know, in some cases, over 100 people show up at those meetings and we're there to, like, talk them through. How can you amend your codes? How does this tie back to your local plan and other things? And what we're finding is that the community is so irate that they're making threats, um, even to people that are there that are trying to support problem solving related to these issues. So I think there's been a real substantial shift in the public. Uh, In many cases, we have amazing rational conversations, which have led to a lot of code amendments. But more and more, uh, we're going out to meetings and and being threatened for for trying to help uh, communities better regulate their land where their uh, regulations may not have been as effective as they had initially hoped. So it's a really tough world to work in, in the Lehigh Valley. And, And I would say, overall from a public sector perspective. I think that makes our work even more important in this moment. Becky, you're mentioning civil dialogue. Can you explain a little bit about what you mean? Yeah. um, And I think this is a really important thing that we need to talk about as a community. We are in a tremendous time of change. Month after month, um, you know, on the show, we've talked about what those changes are, what's really happening by the numbers, have had experts on that are talking about what that means. And because we're in a tremendous time of not only population growth, but business growth of all types, you know, we have to realize that there are 
laws that govern what can and can't be done. And the parameters of those laws, especially in a right to develop state, which is essentially what Pennsylvania is, um, those conversations are going to have to be difficult. And, and you know what? That's okay. It's just that they occur in a respectful manner and that we really understand that it, the only way to problem solve and to really have a productive and proactive look at not only today and into the future and how we manage our communities is to do that through polite, reasonable civil dialogue that's focused on the fact that these are compound complex issues. There are some constraints, but that if we can sit down at a table and work on that together, then we really can make a difference in what our future is going to be. If we just yell at each other and make threats and um, stamp our feet and just say, I'm outraged, that gets us nowhere. And right now is the time when we have to act. Our go local governments, by the way, by and large, are really, really, really working hard on that. But they need to be supported in having those, those dialogues, not threatened. And I think that's the important thing. And people do need to be at the table from the community, but in a respectful way. The other big development issue in the region is housing. How did the six months uh, show for housing development proposals? What are you seeing? The first uh, six months, yeah. we're really seeing a lot more diverse housing options come about. Usually, looking back in the past like two decades, we saw a lot of like single-family residential dominate the housing booms. And that's become a lot more diverse now. We're seeing a lot more apartments, especially in the urban centers. We're seeing a bunch more town townhome proposals, which are actually up over 36%. And twin proposals are on pace to nearly double the number of 2022 twin proposals. So are people choosing more uh, townhomes or apartments and twins more than single family residences now? It's a function, again, of, of growth and development. Um, when land was cheaper and everyone could buy an acre lot and there wasn't the competition for the land, you know, you could decide how you wanted to build. If you wanted to have a single family detached home that was, you know, 1,500 square feet, you could. You could make it 3,000 square feet if you wanted. If you, you know, a developer could come in and subdivide that into many parcels. And sometimes they did in different locations. But now, because we have become more dense, we really have to look at things like adequate sewer and water availability. Um, we have to look at do we have adequate transportation networks that support the addition of that development? Um, and we really can't, and, and, and the development community is really responded to this. You can't operate in a vacuum any longer and allow the death by a thousand cuts to occur in the valley, which it really is a, a sprawl condition. Everyone is working towards having the highest quality of life that we possibly can. And that means understanding what our asset classes are and how the value of our land has changed. And that is actually causing more density. So really what I'm hearing is skyrocketing interest rates, really, while they may have uh, cooled the housing and uh, industrial markets somewhere else, it's really not going on here, is it? 
I mean, it's not that there's no effect. It's just that there's so much growth and development that there's less effect than you see in other places. But really, it was far before the interest rates started to to climb, where we really started to see an increase in land values, um, and we started to see uh, density in more communities with new development than less. And, and to be clear, we're talking about building and construction and, and proposals. We're not really in the real estate business. Not, we're not in the sales business. But if you were to talk to a realtor, you probably would find that there's been a, a tremendous slowing in housing sales. And what they were just talking about, the sort of the diversity in, in what is now being produced, because that's the demand. And it's probably a cost issue. Becky could probably speak to this more more likely, but you know the cost of a single-family home in the Lehigh Valley in the, this summer, the the median price is three hundred ninety thousand dollars, whereas the median price of a townhome is two hundred fifty thousand. So certainly, you know, it's become a, an affordability thing, and I think developers are are responding to that. I mean, it's what people can now afford. So, how much have prices gone up, say, in the last five, ten years? If you go back to when we sort of we, we've been in this growth spurt for for about seven years. So if you go back to to 2015, it is up 60 percent. You go back to 2015, the the uh, the median housing price was only uh, one hundred and seventy five thousand dollars. Part of that was because it bottomed after, you know, the downturn in 2008. Mm -hmm. So things kind of bottomed out and then they planed up slowly. Um, but now the median price is over $280,000. And I think for us, that has, I think in much of the country, that's kind of notched down a little bit, but I think we're probably plateaued where we haven't really gone down the way other, other places have, but we're also more affordable than some of those other places because I believe, I'm sort of going off the top of my head here, but I believe the average price, uh, the median price of a home nationwide, it's like over $400,000. It is. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're correct. Yeah. And Matt's point is a good one. It doesn't negate the fact that for a lot of people in the Lehigh Valley, it's not affordable any longer. So it doesn't mean that we don't have housing challenges. And, and you'll hear a lot more about that in, in future shows and some work uh, we're doing with some significant partners um, on that. But, you know, at the end of the day, everyone needs housing. And so, how that happens and making sure that people aren't in a situation where they're spending more than 30% of their income on housing, which would be a stress point for, for anyone, is really critical. Rental housing, I think, too, is um, that's increased pretty substantially. Like just the first six months of this year, we had over 1,400 apartments proposed uh, in the Lehigh Valley. And that's kind of keeping on trend with the last, um, you know, several handful of years, give or take, of uh, uh, new apartment proposals. But rents are pretty high. I don't know, Joey, if you you just looked for an apartment and, you know, what did you find when you were when you were out there? Like, what kind of rents were you finding for what you were looking for? Yeah, yeah um, I just moved my apartment last week. So this is a very <laughs> new issue for me. Yeah, rents are rents are pretty high. I was finding pretty pretty much the median was over a thousand, but more so than the rents, it was incredibly competitive. If you found a place, you had to jump on it immediately because somebody's gonna pick it up. People want to move here, so that was definitely eye opening for me. So so that kind of becomes the issue. So as as Becky mentioned, it's becoming expensive for the people that that live and work here. 
But on the other side of things, our homes and even our apartments are sort of cheaper than the national average. So we're now attracted to these folks from the outside, and now you have to compete more with them, which again ends up pushing things up. So we're sort of in that cycle right now. That's a really good point, Matt. Like because our housing costs are lower, it's feeding people's desire to move here from other yes. high-priced areas. So are people now getting more comfortable and living in a, a smaller dwelling or a multiple unit dwelling? People are living in smaller households. Um, people tend not to have as many children as they used to. It, it's it's odd. There's so many comparisons to that post-World War II era, right? But that's like going on 60, 70 years ago, right? Yeah. But it seems like that's the standard comparison. And, and at this point, um, we've moved far beyond that, right? So I think our comparisons of where we have come from needs to be more accurate with what's really happened over the last uh, 20 to 30 years in the housing market, where people were starting to move into smaller units, with an exception of that bump that we saw during the housing boom, where houses just got like supersized. But that really wasn't that was really a temporary condition by and large. And so now people are, you know, looking more for singles, that people more and more people are living by themselves or in groups of two than in groups of five, six, four, five, six people. So I think what I'm hearing is the day of the McMansion, if you will, are starting to uh, dwindle, especially in the Lehigh Valley. Some people are still going to want that, right? And so there's definitely still a market for that type of housing. It's not like that has uh, decreased. But again, it's less likely that you will see those giant homes on those large lots. It's not like it was in the 2000s where everything being built was that. I mean, apartments and townhomes now dominate the single family. You put those two together and it's five times the number of single family detached homes that are being built. And there's a lot of quality of life here that attracts people to this area. And and once again, uh, the job situation is uh, we still need people to come here, right? Do yes. Um, there's a lot of opportunity of all sorts in the job market here. You know, blue collar, gray collar, white collar jobs. Um, and this really is a great area for employment. And other, again, to to Matt's earlier point, when he was talking about housing, comparatively, our jobs market is better here than other places where it started to cool off. Um, and I always point to Denver because it was one of the like fastest growing, hottest housing markets and uh, job markets in the country um, up until really the, the interest rates started to climb pretty substantially. And now they're starting to see some issues. So you look at the Austin, Texas, but that's still hot. You look at Denver, um, it's starting to cool off. You look at these other places that you read about in national publications. And what you really realize is, is that the Lehigh Valley has a steady-as-they-go um, sort of uh, situation, which is good. Even though we have challenges, we don't have these huge swings one way or the other that you see in other places that create even more instability. You don't have the booms and the busts. And so hopefully we can maintain that center balance, right? And and so many people are working on that in the public sector, in the private sector, in the nonprofit sector. Um, we all carry a bucket of water. And so I think that 
is really one of the beautiful things about the Lehigh Valley. Even out of all of these challenges, we do really all work hard to achieve balance. Matt, anything in these numbers for the first six months that really jumps out at you? There are some interesting numbers. Uh, you know, I, I find the number of municipalities that are filing zoning and official map amendments to be pretty interesting. We've been we talked about the, the you know the civil discourse and the passion that goes along with that. But but you know because they're under pressure, they're under development pressure, and we've been urging them to change your zoning, change your official maps, and they've been doing it. We had 40 in the first half of the year, and if if we continue through the through the end of the year, that'll be a 50 percent jump you know, over, over just last year, and it'll be the most we've had since 2008. So, uh, you know, communities are being proactive and they're taking control and, and, and we are, we are supportive of that in every way. The other interesting thing is kind of a quirky one, you know, the number of large self-storage facilities being promote, <laughs> proposed is kind of wacky. You know, we had nine so far this year, and some of them weren't actually in that first six months. And there were three in Allentown alone. You know, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the last show. These are those sort of uh, new breed of huge indoor climate controlled storage facilities. And they're popping up all over the re region. I assume because people are buying all this stuff online and they need a place to put their old stuff <laughs> or they're downsizing. We've talked about this diversity of housing. They're downsizing and they don't want to part with all the stuff they accumulated in their big house. So we can't really definitively say why it's happening other than that developers are, are uh, see a place to make money and they're doing it. But it is definitely a trend. You know, it's become a significant portion of the commercial development happening in the Lehigh Valley. Yeah, you squeeze so yourself into a smaller house. You don't want to get rid of all of your stuff. You still want to exactly. drag yeah, around. Think about this. Pack rats. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but think about this. We have, you know, a lot of warehouse and logistics. So that's industrial scale storage, right, by and large. And now we have personal storage also. So, you know, what is what does that really say about us as a society in that whole stuff economy? Yeah, I think we still want uh, we still want our grandparents stuff around us. But uh, at the end of the day, we don't really use it very much, do we? We have no space for it. Yeah. <laughs> Becky, just uh, we've got about a minute left. What do you expect in the future? I think development is still going to remain. Development proposals will still remain high in the in the Lehigh Valley uh, through the end of the year. Um, we are watching very closely what is happening with commercial lending rates as well as uh, residential mortgage rates. And what the Fed is doing with interest rate increases as well. I do expect that we'll see at least one uh, more, potentially two uh, more interest uh, rate increases by the Fed. And I think that, again, is designed to battle inflation. But that will eventually have an effect on uh, consumer spending. Uh, it will definitely have, and that includes buying real estate, and it will definitely affect then the development community um, and what is being proposed, especially if short-term interest rates for construction loans spike. And especially as banks become more and more concerned about how much cash they need to have on hand versus how much they have out in loans. And so I think we're really in a very interesting time in American history and really in, in world history. Um, and so we're mark really watching what the markets are doing as a function of what we can expect. And so you'll start to hear us communicate out 
more uh, related to that. And again, we're going to continue to support our local governments and that civil dialogue around what we need to do to manage growth, because it will not stop, even if the economy continues to do what it's going to do. I, I don't think cooling is the right word, um, but whatever you want to call this this economic period. So it won't stop here because, again, we're still attractive. Uh, we still are cheaper than the met major metro areas around us, but the development is going to change um, and how it occurs and where it occurs is likely to change. So uh, we'll be working with, again, with our local governments, um, with the public to try to keep that ever present goal of balance and quality of life. It's always interesting <laughs> with that our time is up. Becky, Matt, and Joey, thank you very much for being on Plan Lehigh Valley. If you have joined us in the middle of our program, you can immediately listen in on the WDIY app under the Archive tab, or you can go to WDIY.org. I'm your host, Greg Caponia, and you are listening to WDIY 88.1 FM. Have a great evening. If you enjoyed this program, please go to the WDIY website or app to share or become a WDIY member.